It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome to the art studio. Whew, what a day it's been! Seven hours of driving. I can hear in my voice how tired I am. But I'm not really tired, but I think my body's worn out. I'm sure I'll sleep tonight. I had to drive back to the town I used to live in, do some stuff, see some friends, and uh, it went pretty good. A friend of mine is over there. He's very sick, and uh, it's good to visit him, to give him encouragement because he's got the kind of thing that you're sick from that you don't get better. And uh, I really appreciate his courage in the face of what's really a terminal illness. Anyway, in the art world, in the art news, I guess maybe some of you guys heard about that cartoon that some right-wing pastor posted about Hillary Clinton caused a big uproar. It's amazing how cartoons can cause an uproar kind of mind-blowing. Uh, Doonesbury is a cartoon strip that's been around for a long time, and he, over the years, has done many Trump cartoons. Well, his, his book about Trump, which came out last year, uh, which is his collected cartoons about Trump, has been a bestseller. And the wild thing about the book is most of the cartoons are like 30, 20 years old, but they're so applicable even to today. It's almost like Gary Trudeau, who is the author of Doonesbury, had a uh, crystal ball and <laughs> could see into the future, or he just knew his subject really, really well. But it's kind of fascinating that you know a cartoon book could become a bestseller, isn't it? Uh, you don't see a lot of that. Anyway, it's uh, really cool to see. I wonder if any of you watch a TV show called The Prophet. I have to say, I think it's perhaps one of my favorite TV shows. The guy goes into businesses, analyzes them, and then invests money or not. And it's interesting to see the kind of businesses he invests in, what he doesn't invest in. And I've learned a lot about business from watching The Profit. And last night, in episode two of the new season, I got a really good lesson. And the lesson was extremely painful, <laughs> I have to say. As I was watching the show, I had the most incredible internal feelings. I'm going to explain to you why right now. He goes in this episode to a place that makes t-shirts. And the guy that makes the t-shirts, he also designs them, quote-unquote, on a computer. Well, let me tell you, first off, there's nothing what you and I would call about what this guy does as design or anything creative, or anything close to art. It's like he took the 12 fonts off the computer that came with the computer and made t-shirts out of them. And, and these t-shirts are nothing. I mean, there is like zero creativity behind them. A child could make them with a 1985 computer. I'm not kidding. Anyway, they tout this guy as a creative genius, but that's not the worst of it. And perhaps this is the crux of the whole thing. Uh, 
The guy used to work in the fashion industry. The guy who creates the t-shirts and has them made. He has a lot of connections in the fashion industry. Therefore, he was able to get his t-shirts with the most ridiculously simple designs into places like Nordstrom's and other big companies. And he sold a million dollars a year of this ridiculous product. Now, now you're talking to somebody here who has made a lot of creative t-shirts, put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into art, and especially t-shirts where I might spend 80 hours on a t-shirt design, sometimes more. It's because they're super cool and they're fun to make, but they're not easy. Like everything else, it takes work. Not this guy. This guy can pump out a t-shirt that says New York Ideas or Product of New York in like a minute with the, with the Baskerville font that comes on the computer and they make a t-shirt out of it and then they go sell it down at Nordstrom's for $70 a shirt. The prophet decides to invest in this guy, gives him a couple hundred thousand dollars, and then brings him to, I think it was Bergdorf's, or I can't remember what it is. Anyways, a huge department store, and sold them his line of really ridiculous shorts and t-shirts. Nothing that you and I couldn't order off the internet right now in bulk for absolutely nothing. But they sell this stuff for astronomical markups. Oh, Bloomingdale's. That was it. He sold them to Bloomingdale's. What this show reinforced to me was several things. Number one, having a good idea or an awesome product is not really the point. It's not really even needed. Number two, what is really needed is connections in getting your stuff sold and put into stores marketing into big stores like if you were into greeting cards getting into hallmark getting into stores that is where the money is made hundreds of thousands of dollars on an account every year you get four or five accounts you're making over a million dollars a year that is the key to business the key to business is distribution points and having those connections in the distribution points. That's what made Marvel Comics. Marvel Comics piggybacked off of DC. They didn't have any distribution, so DC said, we'll let you distribute six books. And so Marvel made a whole empire out of those six books before it got its own distribution. That's a true story. Go look it up. So distribution, getting the market, getting your stuff in the marketplace, getting it seen, that is the key to the whole thing. You could have a really crappy product, just like this guy has, which you and I would consider crap t-shirts, and yet make millions of dollars on them because the stores buy them, put them in the stores, and sell them to other people. You know, what seems to be fashion to you and me may not be fashion at all, but to other people, who, their perception, totally different, perceives it as fashion. I guess that's the point. There's no way to go off your own internal barometer on this because if I looked at these t-shirts, I'd never touch them. They look like something came out of a bad silkscreen shop in 1970. That's exactly what they look like and what they are, by the way, because they are silkscreened. So, on cheap shirts. So, you know, nothing about this product is good. What's excellent about it is this guy's connections in the big stores 
and his ability to get people to say yes to buy his shirts and put them into stores all over the country. That's the key of it. So I know there's a lot of you out there who are incredibly talented, great artists, and you're probably sitting on a mountain of artwork or ideas or whatever it could be, and you're thinking, how the hell can I turn this pile of art into money? The key is selling it to a distributor. You know, you could have a really simple set of cartoons, nothing very special, let's say like the way Dilbert is drawn, and you could make a fortune on it by having it correctly marketed. People just love little Dilbert characters, little simple guy with the two dots, you know what I mean, for his eyes. There's nothing to it. Anybody could draw that. And yet, if they marketed it like peanuts, it might become a perennial fa- uh, you know, favorite and make money, greeting cards, statues, now until hell froze over. The merchandising, the marketing, and getting someone to do that or buy that from you, that is the key. Nothing, el- nothing, nothing else matters. I, 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 and that's what that show taught me again last night and taught me in spades. It's like I, I keep trying to forget that lesson. I keep thinking if I just draw better, have a better story, make a better book, make it cooler, better ideas, then the world will come to me and say, oh, my God, that's a great idea. I, I've got to have that. And, and the doors will kick wide open. And I'll become a success. That's, that's not the way success is done. Success is done by somehow getting your fill-in-the-blank thing to a place, to a market that can actually sell it to hundreds of thousands of people at once. That is the key. All at once. It has to be sold to all of them. Anyway, watch The Prophet, episode number two. Check it out. And I think you'll be blown away like I was because his t-shirts are absolutely nothing special. But his sales at a million dollars a year are special. And, and once you see the guy, he's a complete mess. He's not like some together, you know, intellectual dude who's some business mastermind. He's just some guy making a phone call going, hey, you want to buy some t-shirts? Literally, that's what he is. But somehow, they know him, they like him, and they do business with him. I think being known by people and being likable is probably the most important business asset you can have. Being likable is good, but if you don't know anybody, it can't help you. But if you know people and then you're likable, you put those two things together, the sky is the limit. It's absolutely incredible. I had the experience of delivering that piece of art I was talking about not long ago, if you listen to the show. And the client kind of wrote me back. I was like, I'm not really sure I really like it. But didn't put it in that way. said, can I have changes? That's right. And I, I wrote back and said, well, what changes would you want? You know, I thought this is exactly what you wanted. And I said, it looks like you. And I, I really put a lot of time and effort into it. And I think it's really great. So then I didn't hear from her for about a day. She called me within this hour that I'm making this recording. And she called me to tell me that she really looked at it for a while. And she's fallen absolutely in love with it. And the more she looks at it, she, the more she likes it. And she really wanted to thank me for a wonderful job and a wonderful piece of art that'll be memorable for for her for the rest of her life. I've never gotten a phone call of thanks from a client. I never have. (laughs) So I was really blown away by her thoughtfulness. And I'm glad that she was happy because I was thinking to myself, I may have to redraw it, it all over again because 
I don't want unhappy clients walking the earth. And for me, it's about a day's work to redraw something. So I was thinking in my mind, well, if she's really unhappy, I'll redraw it. But I'm so glad she didn't. And I'm so glad that rather than argue or surmise anything, I just stayed really calm and simple with my email and kind of pep talk to the art, you know, defending it, so to speak, saying, hey, you know, I really like it. Really, you know, I thought we, I thought I nailed it. It came out really good. I think it's going to print wonderful. You know, I was very positive and upbeat about it, saying how much I liked it and how much I think we accomplished what we were after. And I think perhaps my positive attitude rubbed off on her. So she gave the art a second look and then, you know, learned to like it because it really was a beautiful, beautiful piece. And it looked exactly like her and her boyfriend. I mean, I nailed it. So I, I couldn't imagine not being happy with it. <laughs> That's because I'm the artist. I'm the guy who cooked the, the dinner. I can't imagine they wouldn't like it. But seriously, though, I, I was kind of mentally preparing to draw it again because, you know, I'm thinking she's a really nice lady. I don't want to burn clients. Probably never never do business with her again, but it doesn't matter to me. I want to I want to do my very best for each and every client, and I want to send them out happy. So maybe if she wanted something, which I think she wanted something more sexier, if that's a good way to put it, if she wanted something sexier, and this is just my surmising, then I would redraw it in such a way that it was more sexy, you know, more lascivious. <laughs> I can do that. The way I drew it was pretty, you know, PG-13, but I could I could go further. Anyway, I'm so glad that that client experience turned out for the best because I really do want to do my best. I want to have happy clients. I want to be happy. And this is not a take the money and run situation, even though you'd think like it because, you know, this is a sales job. And once you sell some, somebody something, you've got to forget them and move on to the next sale. That is sadly the case of it. But with each sale, while I'm there, I want to treat people is exactly as I want to be treated. And if I'd spent a bunch of money for something and I wasn't happy with it, I'd want the artist to at least consider redoing it based on my objections. Anyway, something bouncing in my, in my head today. Well, guys, I'm certainly glad you've stopped in here to the art studio. This is my Monday through Friday, September. I'm going to record a show every day, hopefully, come hell or high water, no matter what happens. So this is the uh, second show of the month, which I hope you enjoy, and I hope that you're having a good time making your art, being creative. You know, it, it can't be about money. Money's important, but I think that feeding our creative soul is important, uh, just like having friends is important, you know, having time with your family. So I think throwing a little time into your creative endeavors can only be a good thing for us. I think what we want to do is, is to avoid the frustration of putting too much expectation on our art, art career, what it should be doing for us. Because I think that robs us of some of the joy of being creative. You know, how many times have we heard of directors working on big movies and then quitting directing because they hated the experience so much? So I don't think you want to turn it into a negative thing. And perhaps uh, the only piece of advice I have for today is, is that, you know, try to keep your creative endeavors in a place that you can enjoy them. You know, it's kind of like having a good marriage, a good friendship. You've got to cultivate that, work at it, treat each other kindly, you know, don't overdo it. Uh, so maybe that's something to be considered with art and being creative. Just kind of work, 
within a limit that allows you to really enjoy it and not become overly frustrated because I think that is the thing that most artists wrestle with because it's extremely hard to make a living off of art even if you're excellent and most of us you know want to make money with our art quote unquote and and we feel frustrated about it and I think it eats us eats at us and causes us not to be creative you know I got a good another couple years left being creative and I'm actually thinking of not doing anything creatively because this, I don't think there's any point to it. But in just like five years from now, maybe less or maybe longer, the ability to make stuff will no longer even be within my parameters. So maybe now, while I still have the chance, while I still have the ability, I should try to create stuff. Even though no one's going to buy it and not going to make me famous or change my life, just go ahead and create some amazing art over the next couple years. Keep spitting it out, so to speak. And then when I have to stop, I just stop. You know, I, I, I think that even though I'm horribly frustrated with not being able to sell my art like I'd like and make the living that I'd like off of art, I don't think that's any reason for me to stop doing art. I think i got to change horses completely on my reasons for doing art and seek some other way perhaps to make a living and and let my art just be my creative side if that makes any sense I, I i'm trying to give myself this advice not necessarily you guys because you know i don't want to become so frustrated and pissed off that i squander these next couple good years that i could make some really cool stuff yeah it really doesn't add up to much you know i make hundreds if not thousands of drawings a year and people hardly ever see any of it but that doesn't mean it wasn't good for me to make it or it doesn't mean perhaps someday in the future you know it could sell well or or be enjoyed by people you know there's many things that can happen that I can't foresee I don't have a crystal ball so maybe I'll try to just keep creating on faith and trying to enjoy the experience and try not to become pissed off <laughs> that I'm not you know being the success that I want to be Anyway, have a great day in your art studios. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.